Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, January edition from Emerald Downs. We'll be talking Emerald Downs stuff on and about horse racing. Lots of topics. We've got a studio guest today, Greg Conley, a pretty darn well-known horse owner in these parts, along with his father, Chuck, Joe Withy, and Vince Brune. Vince, uh, uh, Conley's have kind of jumped to the fore there as a the majority of the time owners of Mike Mann's Gold, uh, one of the all-time greats here at Emerald Downs and in Washington. Yeah, what's your guys' win percentage over the last few years? It's probably about 35 40%, I would think. So. Well, uh, you would know better than I. <laughs> it's uh, good. <laughs> we just uh, enjoy the winter circle pictures for sure. Yeah, Greg uh, has been really involved in this game in a lot of areas, and we're going to get to that. Uh, he's going to be joining us for a full segment here, but uh, good to have you aboard, Greg, and Thank Happy you. New Year to you. Happy New Year. He is, Greg's in, in, involved in a lot of things, and you know, he, as a very young guy, even got involved as uh, owning a sire, Polish gift, mm-hmm. who really got off to a great start around here in the early 2000s, of course, the sire of Margot's gift, and then Polish gift actually passed away a little bit early, unfortunately, and and they went out and got his full brother, Polish Miner, who uh, did pretty well as a stud here, too. Vince, uh, hey, we are uh, at a May 15th opening day for Emerald Downs. Training begins on March 1st, a little more than a month away. Uh, what be happening on or around the track? Well, one thing, uh, Joe, we got out our 2022 stake schedule. Mm. It's uh, kind of interesting in that... Uh, Mile, Long Acres Mile, one of the things we look to is uh, a little earlier this year, Sunday, August 14th. And good news on the mile, it's up to 150000 this year. Nice. And that'll be a quadruple stakes header along with uh, Muckleshoot Derby, Washington Oaks, and the Emerald Distaff. And those three races, other championship races, are all up from fifty to 75000 Outstanding. Yeah. So uh, Sunday, August 14th will be a big day. 21 thoroughbred stakes, two quarter horse stakes, AQHA stakes. We... Start with the Seattle Stakes for three-year-old fillies on Sunday, June 19th. And then, as usual, closing day, we'll have the Gottstein Futurity for two-year-olds, 70,000, and two Washington Cup events, the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic and the Washington Cup Philly and Mare Stakes. You know, that is really good. More stakes, more money for 2022. Uh, Outstanding news there. The mile, such a thrilling mile last year with background winning uh, Rocco Bowen returning to town. Rocco Bowen. He's ridden Mike Mann's gold a few times in the past, uh, as that name's going to come up. And, uh, hey, we're on Horse Racing Northwest. Very good to have you. Hope the holidays were good for you. And we're turning the page toward 2022 here at Emerald Downs. The stake schedule, uh, all important part of action here. And we're going back to, if you haven't heard, uh, weekend racing, weekend live racing at Emerald Downs. Uh, starting off with the 
just a Sunday, May 15th, and then the next week, Saturday, Sunday. Yes, and then we will go mainly Friday, Saturday, and Sunday during the duration of the of the season. That's right. So keep that in mind. Emerald Downs open for full card simulcasting Wednesday through Sunday each and every week. There's been a couple of Mondays. In fact, uh, President's Day in February will be open for full card simulcasting. Uh, Emerald Racing Club, you already announced on a previous podcast, the club is back for 2022. Yes, and we will begin uh, registration here pretty soon. Uh, think in February 1st. Go to emeralddowns.com. Those of you who have been in the club before, you'll be hearing from me probably via an email here real soon. We'll hope to get 200 members and looking forward to that. Yeah, so the Racing Club returns in 2022. That's great. That is really good. Uh, you'll be That keeps you busy with keeping uh, in touch with all the club members. And of course, at this time of year, uh, you do most of the work on securing horses for the club. So... Uh, good luck with cooperation with horsemen on that. and uh, That's a challenge, and, yeah. and Greg will know that, that finding horses that fit, yeah. uh, that are good and healthy and ready to go and fit our racing program, most importantly, and are affordable. So there's a lot of components that have to come yeah. together to make a successful racehorse. So it's quite challenging, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Greg and Chuck know the claiming game quite well. In fact, he just mentioned that he's been out shook several times down in Turf Paradise already at that meet um okay well you know the kentucky derby future wager is january 21st through the 23rd so that would be this week and weekend at emerald Downs. second pool of the kentucky derby future wager and so we'll move on to that and uh the favorite in the first pool was smile happy a son of run happy who is two for two lifetime both route wins in kentucky including the kentucky jockey club his name's going to come up a little bit later in my pick segment. We're both going to make a selection here in the final segment. We're also going to uh, lean toward a Kentucky Derby contender in our eyes in that final segment as well. And, uh, hey, the NHC is coming up also at the end of the month. The National Handicapping Championship. Uh, Washington State represented by Chris Larmy, uh, Greg Kingma, and Brett Brophy. Now, Brett Brophy, uh, this fella is emerging in local thoroughbred racing. He's been a horse owner less than 10 years, but recently him and uh, wife Mandy and their two daughters, they bought 10 acres in Arlington. He's already bought brood mares. In fact, he's bred three mares to Kentucky Stallions, and he's brought them back here to Washington, the mares to foal. And he also qualified for the National Handicapping Championship, the NHC, January 28th through the 30th. And he owns Ringer's Pub and Grill in Mount Lake Terrace. And let's hear from uh, Brett Brophy. Well, uh, my friend Kelly Dugan, he owns a pizza shop down the road from uh, the pub that I own in Mount Lake Terrace. And I always noticed when I'd go in there, He'd have horse pictures, uh, winning photos, stuff like that. And uh, I always liked horses, but, I, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I didn't know how to get into it or, um, you know, didn't really have any of my friends that were involved uh, or family members or such. So uh, one day I just started talking to him and he said, you know, hey, I got a bunch of uh, babies coming, da, 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 because he was uh, – somewhat heavily involved with Warlock Stables, uh, Tim Floyd and out of Spokane. And uh, he said, you know, I could turn you on to a couple of these, you know, horses, get you in, you know, like 10%, you know, so I ended up buying in 10% type deal. And one of the first horses was Red Solo Cup, uh, who in 2015, uh, he won the uh, the Chinook half stakes at 23 to one and uh so i got real lucky there with the first horse i ever owned uh 
winning a stake race. And they have a quarter mile to go in the Chinook Pass stakes, and the leader is Mike Mann's Gold. Grinder sparks the glow being pushed along between horses. Del Rio Harbor has gotten the widest trip. He's coming looking for the lead, but here come the closers. Red Solo Cups coming up the inside. Trick or Retreat is behind horses, but he just got shut off. And absolutely cool. Now it's Red Solo Cup and absolutely cool going on with it. Absolutely cool in Red Solo Cup. Red Solo Cup trying to pull off the upset, and he has. 23 to 1, Red Solo Cup wins the Chinook Pass Stakes. Yeah, Red Solo Cup won the Chinook Pass Sprint on Washington Cup Day in 2015, and that was the first horse Brett ever went in on with Kelly Dugan and all their buddies, Jeff Metz training. So that was a great start to being a horse owner, stakes winner. Uh, and this past December, Brett and his wife, Mandy, and the daughters, they went down to Southern California around Christmas time. My wife mentioned, hey, we should go to Santa Anita opening day. Um, you know, I called Jeff Metz, who's one of my trainers, and said, hey, can you can you get me a box or what have you for my family? He said, sure. And then I got on the website and was looking uh, at the, you know, kind of what was going on that day, the stakes and what have you. And then I noticed there was a contest. So I said, you know what, I've never done a live money contest in said what the heck give it a try and uh so i pre-entered online so everything was all set up and uh when i got there i uh you know had to go find them and get the rules and go from there but i had a pretty good idea of what horses and i liked that day and luckily it's opening day right so i had a, a few days to prepare before um before the day so Brett enters the Santa Anita contest, opening day down there, December 26th. It's a live money contest with a $1,500 entry fee. And he did pretty darn well. Live money plays completely different than, than the, the... I have done one of the tournaments Emerald does, our contest that Emerald would do, where they do the, the win place uh, bets. But, but live money is completely different, so kind of more money management and uh just kind of went after it and kind of kept it simple really uh you know during the contest i only made two win bets uh the whole card and um obviously both those hit uh and were against big favorites the 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 two keys that i had were um uh express train uh i kind of played against Hot Rod Charlie, just because you know it was, it was December 26th, so he's still a three-year-old against older horses, and uh, just thought he had a really tough campaign. So I thought I would take a shot against him, and uh, and then there was another uh, Baffert horse called Calypso that I really liked that um, he had tried to stretch out and it didn't didn't really work out, but you know the sh the shorter distances for that horse were lights out how about that brett uh, express train won the san antonio paid 1640 calypso won the la brea paid 1960 those were his only two win bets he also as he mentioned scored in that late double he earned 7200 dollars on his live money portion and another six thousand for coming in third and he gets a spot in the nhc for his good work so brett brophy Good job, handicapping. Great to have you as a thoroughbred breeder in Washington and an owner, and good luck to you in the NHC. How about that Brett Brophy story? You know, on January 9th, you know, he won a race at Santa Anita, too. He, as an owner with a horse called Mike Operator, well, who was a double winner at Emerald Downs. A couple he told years me ago. about that. He also, about in the same half hour, won a race at Golden Gate with uh, Miss Super Saint. Both trained by Jonathan Wong, Jonathan so that Wong, was a heck right. of a day for him. Yeah, Mike Operator ran huge. It was a 10 claimer. I think the horse got an 82 buyer, which is huge for the level. Paid 1480, so I'm sure he had, some, <laughs> in addition to the win uh, money for winning the purse, he probably made a couple bucks at the window there too. I would bet. But Mike Operator was a nice horse up here at Emerald Downs and That's wins right. down at, at in Arcadia. So nice job. How about that uh, up on that 44th Avenue in Mount Lake Terrace? Uh, Sorelli's Pizza, and then just a couple blocks away on the same street is uh, Ringer's Pub and Grill, owned by Brett Brophy. Those guys met because of their business uh, 
of proximity. And, yes, Sorelli's uh, Kelly Dugan, a big uh, horse owner. Horse and a breeder, fan, too, and actually. A breeder, yeah. yeah. So uh, great stuff. Okay. Uh, just a couple of sad notes. Uh, Ty Schumann led an outstanding long life. Uh, she's in the Washington Hall of Fame as a breeder of Grossmount Farms. Uh, she bred a couple of grade one winners in Noble Nashua and Breeders' Cup winner 30 Slews and uh, was a philanthropist involved in so many athletic and community events. Uh, her obituary, if you'd like to read more, I mean, just a real mover and a shaker in this game. And you remember seeing her at Emerald Downs when she entered the Hall of Fame just a few years ago, but uh, she did pass away. Uh, just a great long life from her. And actually another uh, senior citizen who had a great life as well, Don Gardner died recently as well don and judy gardner owned exclusive eagle right yeah and uh, judy did most of the talking from that pair don was kind of the strong silent type a real intelligent guy with a great wit but judy uh judy was so enthusiastic on all of her horses uh boy super optimistic and exclusive eagle gave them a lot of thrills with a couple stakes wins here and he he actually still holds the record for six and a half furlongs for a two-year-old at Emerald Downs, okay, exclusive yeah. eagle. So that was one of their best horses. Uh, Don passed away uh, as well right at the end of 2021. So our condolences to those families and members of the racing community that, that we will certainly miss. Uh, we'll take a time out. We're going to come back with Greg Conley, horse owner, and uh, much more. We'll find out. That, and we'll return in a moment here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an express bet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races a few 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700 Horse Racing Northwest continues. Thanks for joining us. Uh, pretty much monthly podcast this time of year. And we'll have another one next month. Uh, keep track of us, and we'll try and keep track of you. Joe with Vince Brune and our guest in studio, Greg Conley. Greg and Chuck, his father, have uh, been very prominent at Emerald Downs. Greg, what, about 15 years now, right? Or at least that long. Yeah. And... Uh, Greg is so enthusiastic, he even got into the stallion business at a young age with uh, Polish Gift and Polish Minor. Boy, that's a tough uh, tough business to be in. I, I really commend those that uh, mm -hmm. do the breeding. 11 months, 11 days is a long time to wait. Yeah, yeah that's the gestation I, period. I've often is... said yeah, that's one of the toughest things to do in horse racing is make a stallion. Ab absolutely. And and we you know went out and purchased a number of broodmares and... You know, we we had our challenges there because uh, those babies, uh, anything can happen as they're as they're growing up. The, the outfits I like are the, I'm sorry, are the ones that uh, the homebreds where they keep hammering back to the same blue hen broodmares every year, and that's really I think of Judmont, Winchell, people like that, where they really get that those uh, great runners year after year, not only because of the stallion, but because they acquire great broodmares. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're talking studs for just a second. I'm going to digress. Barkley, 2018 Long Acres Mile winner and conveyance uh, purchased privately by the Pabst Farm. And they are both going to have Washington bred babies on the grounds here beginning in February. Barkley and conveyance, their first Washington bred foals. Conveyance, of course, already has runners. He had a really good year this year, actually. And Barkley's first foals are coming in February. So that's exciting. And, and uh, yeah, Greg was in the stallion business a little bit, but you know, in recent years, uh, you and your dad are just so closely tied to one 
Mike Mann's gold, the all-time winningest horse at Emerald Downs. He has won here ages two through ten, ten consecutive or two through eleven, ten consecutive years. He holds the record for consecutive years running in stakes. He's a multiple stakes winner here. Uh, rattled off those wins last year uh, fairly early in the meeting and. Uh, Boy, there is a horse that so many people root for. Congratulations on that, Greg. Well, thank you. Yeah, he's uh, he is quite the spectacle here, <laughs> and you you have a number of people that are are fans just because of him, and and so we want to do everything that we can to take care of him. Uh, he is definitely a horse for the course. This is his course. Uh, he's down at Turf Paradise right now as we speak, and you know on vacation. It uh, doesn't mean that he won't get a race or two in to, you know, prep himself for uh, coming up here and, and being ready when uh, when the gates open up here. Okay. You know, and Vince, Greg mentioned that to me, that uh, he does run down there a little bit, and he's never won anywhere but Emerald Downs, and he's run at Del Mar, he's run in Phoenix, I don't know how many other tracks, but, uh, and he hasn't performed all that great in Phoenix, but he does so well up here, and you count, you call it sort of a vacation, and I can see that now, you know, you send him down there in the warm weather, he stays in training, uh, he must enjoy it, and I remember talking to you last year about this time of year, when some people were grousing about, uh, boy, they should retire that horse, then he comes up here and rattles off three wins right in a row, so uh, it's a working vacation for him. Absolutely. And, and the toy family, you guys all know them. They're mm -hmm. amazing and they are 100% about the horse. And so when, uh, when we talked about, uh, the spotlight that was on them, we, we received calls too, you know, people saying, what are you doing? Why are you, you know, continuing? He loves his job. He loves what he does. Uh, and he proves it, you know, when he comes out to the track. And so, when, when we say he hasn't run that well, but when you look at his form, he never disgraces himself. Uh, even if he runs fifth, I mean, he's, you know, still right there. Uh, so we, we really commend this horse and, and we will do anything. We'll bend over backwards to make sure that he is taken care of properly. Yeah. And you've told uh, the story of him uh, colicking on the way up here from Arizona one year. And, and uh, Joe Toy had a conversation with you and said, yeah, take care of him. And Joe made a a uh, 10 and a half hour drive to the nearest vet because he was in the high desert at the time. Yeah. What are you, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you can't uh, perform those uh, surgeries yourself. And so he, I mean, on pins and needles and, and, you know, Joe doesn't show much emotion. I, I think you guys have seen that out of him. He, he knows his job and what he does. Uh, that was an emotional, you know, time for him. And you can really tell uh, a person's character, you know, when adversity uh, is in front of them. And that was a really uh, tough situation to, to have to take a horse 10 and a half hours uh, while he's colicking uh, to get emergency surgery done. And then he comes back four months later and wins for us. Yeah. Well, he has won here every season, ages two through 11, easily the track record. And, you know, when a horse gets to be 11, as he was this past year, 2021, Vince, uh, and he came in with Phoenix with not the stellar form, you know, there's always those thoughts. But then he rattled off those three wins in a row and just uh, just outrunning some quick horses and reminding us that uh, yeah. Joe Toy knows how to take care of a horse and this horse is special. Well, and Greg said it, Joe is, is uh, kind of a quieter guy but uh, i observe the man working very very hard every day i, I see him schooling those where i go outside and sometimes i catch a little break there's joe walking a horse over to the paddock at 2 30 in the afternoon by himself you know always working mm. um, but i think what's great about mike man's goal is everyone's done well with him i know keith swaggerty original owner who bred the horse doesn't he still come by the winter circle when the horse wins he's always invited <laughs> yeah and uh everyone's done well with him yeah. he's just a, a heck of a success story and just to think this july it'll be the 10th anniversary i think of his maiden win here and he'll still hopefully knock on wood be competing absolutely yeah. well and i think you you mentioned the brophies uh i think that uh they had him for uh, a yeah. race or two too and, and yeah. we ended up uh claiming him back from him right. from them yep yeah, no one's in lost fact, any money with him. I don't the state think. of Washington loves him too. Look yeah, at all the, the claiming tax that has been paid uh, <laughs> he, on those claims. He should win an award for that. Yeah, they know his name down there in Olympia. He has accrued some uh, revenue for the state of Washington, and uh, you guys can be commended. Uh, never hesitating to jump back in and claim him back, and 
um, because there's a, a there's an emotional tie, but he's also been super successful, and, and Joe Toy knows the horse inside out. And, as and you well. you guys have had more than just Mike Mann's goal. You guys have had a oh. lot of success with many horses yeah. here the last you several years. You guys had years. a great year in 2021. Well, it's all about claiming, and and that's one thing that we want people to understand is that uh, horse racing in America it's claiming. And, and we all want to win stakes races and everything. We've still never won a stakes race. Okay. Is that and, right? and so that's a, that's a goal of ours, of course. Definitely. Uh, but uh, we will do it the hard way if, it, if that's what it takes. And Greg, <clears throat> we're going to get into an area here, listeners. You're going to learn something, as Vince and I probably are too. But uh, Greg, uh, he's a thinker. He's, he's come by and, and uh, mentioned ideas, uh, proposed things. Um, and you are into the digital uh, metaverse, uh, Web3. Let's, uh, let's get going. And Mike Mann's gold could be involved in this next uh, adventure of his own. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, on, on the line with us, we have Matthew Cheevers, and, and he is our partner when it comes to the metaverse and, and Web3. A lot of people don't, you know, realize what's happening uh, in this metaverse space, except that they see Facebook uh, changes their name to Meta, and, and so these thing, these things are happening uh, all around us. And what we want to do is merge, you know, this digital world and our analog world. Uh, for the longest time, you know, I, I saw these digital horses and different things that were going on. I was like, why would I want to own one of those things when I own the real thing? And what I found out is that this is a community that's being uh, produced right now. And the community has money. And we want to bring these people, you know, to the racetrack. So one thing that we were able to do is uh, bring Matthew Cheevers to the races. And the first time he comes to the races, we win. And I told him it's, it's hard to win, <laughs> you know, but he was uh, ecstatic about it and, and wanting to help us merge these things two together. So... Yeah, that's what we're doing in, in the metaverse is, is bringing uh, digital into analog, analog into digital. Well, how does that work exactly? Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with some of the terms. I'm not exactly quite sure what you're getting to. Here. And relate it to Mike Mann's goal. Okay, yeah. so Mike right now, what we're, what we're doing is we want to create something where he becomes the symbol of horse racing in the metaverse. I mean, we're talking about an industry that's been around since the 16, 1700s, right? It's hard to do anything first. And right now we have an opportunity to do, you know, some things first. We've seen uh, all of these uh, different uh, fractional uh, share companies come into uh, horse racing. And we want to do, you know, something similar where we, were, we will offer NFTs that will be attached to the horses that we run. Okay. Now, NFT, uh, just a little experience, mostly through you, that... Uh my knowledge of that is it's a digital image that actually has value. And uh, like, for instance, the Seattle Kraken had sold many digital images, NFTs from their website, and some are expensive. And there's a, there's a cost uh, um, hierarchy, so to speak. So um, NFTs, as far as Mike meant gold, how does that work? So when Mike goes out and runs and wins because he loves winning here, Yes. Uh, we will reward those uh, said holders of NFTs that are attached to them. Simple as that. Uh, they won't own the horse. We will own the horse, but they will be rewarded in the action of the horse. And how do you find out about opportunities there? So right now we are building uh, something called Paddock Partners Limited. And we're an S Corp now in the state of Washington. Uh, what we will be doing is launching a triple crown jockey club and we will we will create a club just kind of like what you do in in building out and bringing more people together that's what our club is going to be all about i think that you know matthew who's on the line here can uh, really explain uh what what's going on and and how the metaverse uh kind of fits into our world as well matthew good afternoon uh welcome how are you sir thanks for having me very good yeah uh Coming to the track, seeing Mike Mann's gold win. Um, uh, I guess you got pretty good charge out of that. Uh, Vince yeah, and I did too. Pretty lucky to be there on day one and uh, get in that winner's circle. Yeah, twenty-six wins here at the track. Uh, he's uh, one of the all-time Washington bred greats, really. But uh, you cover the bases pretty well in, in all this digital stuff. What would you like to add to what Greg's been seeing? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'll keep it brief, I'll keep it short. I mean, my company, you know, our mission is to accelerate the adoption of blockchain technology for the world's most innovative brands, and that's that's what Greg's doing. Um, you know, I had the honor of uh, coming down there to the track, getting in the winner's circle. Um, you know, Greg's got a, a great heart and a great mind. He wants to do more for the horse, more for the industry, more for the jockeys, more for the fans, and um, NFT technology facilitates you know, just that um, something can be done by the community for the community um, and the community gets to benefit from from all the hard work. So I'm definitely honored to be here, excited to, to work with him on this project and, you know, help him fulfill his number one mission is to, to do more for, for the horse. That is great. And uh, Matthew is an excellent compliment to what you're doing, Greg. Yeah. And he has a team behind him as well, okay. too, that... Uh, well, I don't think that they had the uh, experience of, of coming to the racetrack. And there's a lot of people right now that uh, don't have that experience and, and they have the ability to reach those people with us. And, and that's what we you know are ultimately about. We're about the horse, because if we take care of the horse, we take care of so many more people. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, that most people that are taking care of the horse, it's 24 hours a day almost. Uh, and they would rather the horse eat than themselves sometimes. So we want to help those people, you know, where uh, we don't have uh, trainers that are, are struggling, you know, to, to pay their bills. Uh, we want to, you know, have the community come in and, and help and, and establish that. So uh, Matthew mentioned something about the jockeys. Yeah, because uh, I, I love jockeys. I mean, we, you can't win without one. Mm -hmm. And so these jockeys a lot of them come from places that uh, don't have insurance don't have you know anything except for they get on the backs of these horses and they risk their lives for us and so i want to make sure that there is a way that we can give back to these you know people as much as possible so theoretically when when we build this out if i die uh this can you know continue to give forever okay that that is great and if uh a listener uh, podcast follower wants to get in touch with you and find out more. How do they go about doing that? So it's easy on Twitter. Uh, we are Zeddy uh, underscore IO. Z-E-D-I. Z-E-D-E. Z-E-D-E. That's right. And then underscore IO. And I then you can also find us at uh, Triple Play. Or Triple Play. That's my old baseball team. Uh, triple Crown Jockey Club dot com. I hit into a triple play in softball once. <laughs> That's the low point of my athletic career. As soon as I had a one hop smash to the third baseman, and I knew as soon as I left the batters, this is going to be close. And they got me at first. Triple play. Ouch. Well, That's not my sports short today, Vince. I'm sorry <laughs> I even brought that up. <laughs> anyway, Greg, uh, great having you in. Your support and your your branching out. Uh NFTs, Mike Man's Gold involved, the whole racing community, um, opportunity for ownership for people as well in real horses as well as digital. Yeah, where they don't have to worry about the maintenance. Uh, you know, I know that maintenance uh, ends up turning a lot of people off uh, because this isn't free. Uh, the Anything that eats uh, costs money. And, and these horses, you know, they eat really well and they're taken you know care of oh, really well exactly and that's the other thing is we're, we're about education because uh, the horse racing industry has had a lot of black eyes in recent but in reality uh there's so many more wonderful stories than there are negative stories and and that's something that we want to make sure that people understand yeah and and i you know, let, let's face it you know uh racing doesn't have the greatest reputation for in innovation and technology and all that stuff so i think anything like this um, new is great. And, uh, uh, I think it should be, uh, backed and supported. So I applaud you guys for, for doing this. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. And, and who knows, maybe we can even talk about, uh, eventually, uh, supporting the racetrack and, and doing things that, uh, not only bringing people in, but, uh, you know, trying to help and in increase purse money because, you know, that's something that is near and dear to our heart. Uh, and, and we see it happening all around the nation. Mm -hmm. uh, and why can't it happen here? Yep. And we can be a part of, you know, helping that out as well, too. That would be fantastic. Okay. Greg Conley and also Matthew Cheevers joining us, uh, talking about Mike Mann's gold from his on-track prowess over a decade here at Emerald Downs and now him 
racing into the metaverse and web three and other opportunities. I just wanted to make yeah. mention, you know, we are working, you know, not only with the toy family, but I mean, Kara toy, uh, we are, uh, now licensed in the great state of Kentucky and we will be expanding, you know, our operations beyond here, but this is always home. And this is something that's important to us. And, and so we, we intend to uh, do well with her. She's doing really well, uh, in, well, rubbing elbows with uh, the world's elite. Uh, she has uh, stalls at Keeneland. That's not easy to do. And, and no. so she's uh, she's someone that uh, we really believe in. And then Kenny. Kenny's up in, you know, New York, running one of the biggest uh, breeding farms in New York. And, and so this toy family, well, they're, they, they have their toys. <laughs> <laughs> they're all in for sure, yeah. yeah. Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank oh. you. We're going to take a break on Horse Racing Northwest. Be right back. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues. Joe with Vince Brune. Thanks so much to Greg Conley for joining us. And uh, Greg, during the break there, was uh, reminding us that he still plays hardball in his 40s. Hardball baseball. And he had a little injury there he's recovering nicely from. But, uh, yeah, check out Greg. And you can get him through Twitter at ZD underscore 10. Z-E-D-E underscore 10. So... Good luck to Mike Mansgold. This will be his final year of racing at Emerald Downs. He's going to be a, he is a 12-year-old now, and he was good at 11, so uh, we're probably expecting him to do well this year. Vince, uh, the Kentucky Derby, once again, the Kentucky Derby Future Wager is inactive. This is active this week, January 21st through the 23rd. 23rd is Sunday, and that Super Saver Colt uh, was the, Eight to one morning line favorite among single horses. Smile happy in pool number one in November. So pool number two going on this week. And let's toss out a Kentucky Derby possible uh, contender between the two of us. Okay. Um, the one I kind of like is probably not a great bet this weekend, making his 2022 debut. But I did like him in the Breeders' Cup. Papa Cat. Yeah, you Comes did. back in the Lecompte. Um, he's by a gun runner out of a scat daddy mare. He's going to be going a mile and 16th off of works. Um, but you know, his run in the Breeders' Cup against Corniche was really good. Mm -hmm. I happened to be right down by the rail going into the first turn and I witnessed the horse <laughs> having trouble around that first turn. And I'm thinking, oh, great. We're off to a heck of a start here. He was kind of bottled up the whole backstretch, but he, he kept running the whole way and finished a really good second. And has never run a bad race in his life. I think the breeding's there. Um, he's already proven he can get two turns. He hasn't won around two turns, but he's run a couple of really good races at a mile and a sixteenth. I think long-term Papa Cap uh, has a very bright future for Mark Cassie and the uh, owner-breeder Russell Wood Farm. Not my kind of bet this weekend. Uh, you got an eight-to-five morning line off of a long layoff, so... Um, but I, I'm bullish on him long-term in 2022. Yeah. Well, I'm going to use the same type of angle for my Kentucky Derby horse as you are. You saw Papa Cap live in the Breeders' Cup, wagered on him at 15 to 1. He ran huge with trouble in the first turn. And that is not good for a two-year-old to have trouble in the first turn of a two-turn race. But he still ran on nicely. Son of Gunrunner. Yeah. Papa Cap for Vince. Early Kentucky Derby selection in action this weekend in the Lecompte at Fairgrounds on Saturday. I'm going to go to a horse also from the Breeders' Cup that uh, I talked about on our podcast, uh, Breeders' Cup Week. He finished right behind Papa Cap in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. His name's Giant Game by Giants Causeway. And uh, he is a three-time starter. 
Broke his maiden going two turns in Kentucky. Went on to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, was a big price. Uh, got bet down a little at the end. I think he went off around 17 to 1. Made a huge, long, wide move. Boy, I thought I might have something there on the middle of the turn. But in the end, uh, he was a length and a half behind Papa Cap. He hung a little bit late, but still third of 11. First stakes race for Giant Game. And by the way, check his works out at Gulfstream. He is burning up the track in South Florida. And he's probably going to run in that Holy Bull, the first two-turn stake in the three-year-old series at Gulfstream. So we're both just sticking with uh, horses that did well for us, Papa Cap and Giant Game. Did well, relatively. I didn't... Don't you know, it is that time of year, though, where we start talking about... The Derby halfway through January yeah. here, so it starts getting exciting with the big preps beginning. Yep. Okay, there's a couple of looks at uh, Derby contenders. Uh, let us switch bases just a little bit to a sport short for us, which could be horse racing or another sport. Uh, I'll go first on the sport short, and I had a few contenders this week, but I was watching a, a half-hour show on the Immaculate Reception of 1972. Franco Harris picking that a deflected ball uh, just above the turf. It was a touchdown for the Steelers, and they beat the Raiders in that 72 playoff game at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. Uh, they had quite the rivalry there in the 70s, did the Oakland Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh won that game. It was called the Immaculate Reception. Um, Terry Bradshaw got together with Frenchie Fuqua, uh, Phil Villapiano of the Raiders, um, Let's see, who else was involved in that? Uh, oh, uh, Franco Harris was there. And Franco claims he doesn't really remember what happened. Anyway, my take on that whole thing, something I picked up after all these years. I watched the game live on TV back in the 70s. So they're showing some of the aftermath of the Immaculate Reception. And actually, the head referee went over to the dugout and made a phone call. And he's since passed away. I can't remember his name, but nobody knows who he called. And he came back and said, uh, touchdown stands. And they kicked the extra point with uh, hundreds of Steeler fans on the field. So what's my take from all this? Is that they showed a couple of angles. And all these Steeler fans were on the field celebrating, going crazy, they were probably aggressive. They were happy. And they showed a couple of angles. And here's Jack Tatum out on the field. And nobody is within 20 yards of Jack Tatum. Do you think anybody was going to give Jack Tatum uh, guff at that point? No. Well, his, nobody, nickname, his nickname was Assassin. <laughs> nobody was around Jack. I thought that is that is it right there. Jack Tatum, all those Steeler fans wanting to get in Raiders' faces and yeah, give it to them. Nobody got near Jack Tatum. That's his reputation in football, and that's what it was for his whole career starting at Ohio State. How about you for a sport short? Okay, well, uh, most of my friends know I've always been a big fan of the Montreal Canadiens, the NHL. We won't talk about what's going on this year. They're having an absolutely dreadful, horrendous season. After uh, the Stanley Cup last after year. After making the finals the last finals. year. It's uh, one of those years. Um, maybe that's why I'm trying to relive a little of the past glory. Well, they had the Flying Frenchman in the mid to late 70s. They reeled off four straight Stanley Cups. In 78-79 season, which would be kind of the end of the dynasty, they're ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs 2-0 in the series in the divisional round. Game three is in Toronto. And if they win that they pretty much you get a three nothing lead in the series that's pretty much over well toronto gave them a heck of a game and they go, go all the way into a double overtime first 20 minute overtime no scoring the canadians had a guy on their team named cam connor who didn't dress most of the games you know each team usually has two or three extra guys who go out and take the warm-up and then they're scratched well he was scratched 90 percent of the games he was a little bit of a bigger body and a couple of the veterans said you know he might be useful against toronto who was trying to to bounce the Canadians around a little bit. So they dressed him. And uh, Daryl Sittler. Sittler, yeah. And they, and they, uh, Daryl Sittler was a great player. Um, but uh, he, in the, okay, so they played 80, they played 85 minutes. He's played two shifts, which in hockey is nothing. He's basically, that'd be like playing one minute in basketball. So they have an offensive zone faceoff, and Scotty Bowman, the head coach, taps Cam Connor on the back. He just is doing 
says, I've heard Cam Connor says, don't get fancy. So he goes out there and um, it's a weird play. The, it was an offensive zone faceoff. Doug Risebrow took the draw. Toronto actually won the faceoff. They chipped it out, but the Toronto player right at the blue line fumbled the puck. Serge Savard, the defenseman, stole it, got it to Risebrow, Doug Risebrow. Now, Cam Connor's instincts were good. When that situation, you cut to the net you know, on the, off the turnover. They got a, a two on zero. So Risebrow feeds it to Connor. He missed. He got nine, out of 100%. He, he fanned on it 98%. He oh barely touched it. But it was such a changeup that Mike Palmater, the goalie, kind of did a double take and it slid between his legs. Cam Connor fell down and he scored his only career playoff goal. What was exciting about that was watching the reaction of the players. And everybody on that team loved Cam Connor because apparently, you know, I've read... His uh, stick did touch the puck. It did touch the puck, yeah. And uh, I've read Ken Dryden's book and Larry Robinson because he worked hard in practice, never complained about not playing. Scotty Bowman, the coach, was kind of rough on him a lot, you know, and uh, would single him out for some criticism. So just watching the result when he scored, it was such a shock. Just watching the players mob him was a great, great scene. And uh, it just shows that a, a player can have not much of a career, but they can have a great yeah. moment in their life. And he made a very significant contribution to the team. They went on to win, sweep Toronto, and end up winning the cup for their fourth straight. So, Did he uh, and stay there in another year? No, or two? he ended up going uh, to the – he was traded in the offseason, the Edmonton mm. Oilers – and then he went from there to New York Rangers, had a little bit of a brief glory with them, but didn't have much of a career. His best years were actually in the World Hockey Association. And uh, But he does a, a podcast nowadays I've listened oh. to a little bit. Entertaining, bright guy, And uh, but he had a moment of glory. And that's yeah. fun thing about sports is, uh, you know, you can always look back and point to his one great moment. He had his moment. Okay. I know we're going to make a couple of selections for this weekend. I'm going to go to that LeCompte, where you're going to be rooting for your derby hopeful, Papa Cap, who is 8-5, Epicenter's 9-5. Epicenter's won at a mile at Churchill Downs and a mile at a 16th Gunrunner Stakes at Fairgrounds, the scene of the LeCompte on Saturday. But uh, I'm going for a little bomber in here. Call me midnight toward the outside. He will be... Number eight of nine. He's the son of Midnight Loot and the mayor overseen. Um, trained by Keith DeSormo, written by John Graham. Took him a while to break his maiden, but if you look at his lines, he had a two-year-old break, which is often just due to, you know, growth issues. Came back in September, ran fourth of 10 at Churchill. Then he started going two turns. Second to giant game. And by the way, in his fourth at Churchill at seven-eighths, he was fourth place giant game was third giant game the aforementioned horse who ran big in the breeders cup so then after running second to giant game he wins easily going a mile at churchill that would be a one-turn race and his only start since his maiden victory is the kentucky jockey club i watched that replay and he was hopelessly wide first start against winners is a stake smile happy won the race easily smile happy was the morning line or the favorite for the first kentucky uh future book so, Call Me Midnight, 20 to 1 morning line, can pass horses, looks like a route horse, uh, speed to run at, he's going to have to improve a lot, but uh, he's going to be worth my chance on Saturday in the Lecompte. How about you for a pick? I like that. Okay, I'll go to Saturday race 9 at Golden Gate Fields. This is a maiden special weight for California bred three-year-old Colts and Geldings. Going six furlongs, I'll go way out to post number nine. First time starter called Dude, It's a Party. And this one is a chestnut colt by Stanford out of the dam. You know me, Joe. I like those. Look at those dams. Sure. Gone to Party, who is by all gone, um, has this is the third fold to make it to the races. And the other two, excuse me here, I got that, were well, Judge, Judge Carr, who was 23 for 86. For four hundred twenty-three thousand, and she likes to party. Who's three for nine for eighty-three grand? There you go. And this is a first-time starter. Uh, Jonathan Wong, high percentage trainer. Brian Pena, eight for twenty-eight at the meet. Um, Who's the horse by again? Uh, Stanford. Stanford. Okay. And the only thing I uh, is that a Malibu Moon? 
That's correct. Yeah. And the only thing that's a little scary about it, it does show six gate works, um, which kind of tells me it has had a little problem with that. Uh, but again, I think the outside draw will help. I don't see any world beaters in here. Certainly the connections are great. So dude, it's a party at six to one. Six to one. Okay. Firster. Vince does his research on Firsters and he does a great job on our morning line at Emerald Downs doing a lot of research on those Firsters and young horses. So there's a couple of angles, uh, both pretty decent prices on the morning line for this weekend. And uh, let's go over the trivia. We did have a winner in our previous show in December, and Michael Tarlow came through again. The question was, who has the single race highest earnings for a Washington bred since Stryker PhD won the 2015 Long Acres Mile? Vince knew this one right away. Um, not the toughest, but Michael got it, and he was he won the draw. Bodenheimer, last year's Horse of the Year, won that stake as a juvenile at Keeneland, got $90,000 for a first prize. That's the highest first prize for a Washington bred since Stryker won the 015 mile. Michael Tarlow is our winner from last week. He gets the uh, swag. This week's question, send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Harbor the gold who passed last year after all those tremendous years of siring Washington bread standing in Hermiston, Oregon at the Barcy Ranch of the Christoffersons. Harbor the Gold passed Sloodledoo in 2013 as Emerald Downs all-time leading stake sire. He had five stakes wins that year, did Harbor the Gold. He led 31 to 27 after that season. It was just Harbor the Gold's sixth season with runners, and he became the track's all-time leading sire of stakes races one. His current total stands at 70 after 2021. 70 stakes wins for Harbor the Gold through last year. Who is currently number two among sires with Emerald Down stakes wins? That's the question. Who's number two behind Harbor the Gold okay. 70 total? Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. I got a couple of winners I wanted to okay. sneak in here. Uh, very familiar horse, now a seven-year-old mare. I am a happy cat. Back in the winner's circle at Golden Gate Fields yeah. for Sue and Tim Spooner, number two all-time leading owners at Emerald Downs. I'm a happy cat, gate, or slightly off the pace this time. Under Frank Alvarado, she wins the $32,000 open claiming race. That puts her over $300,000 in career earnings. She is three for 11 on dirt, six for 17 on synthetic, two out of three in the money on turf, so... And I she's, think all three of her dirt wins are stakes wins at Emerald Downs. And that's too. correct. The only thing she can't do is route, but she is really oh. uh, had a great career for yep. Dan Markle and the Spooners. And then her good friend John Lindley, nice win. You betcha. For him with Majestic Eagle winning the Walter Kluwer Memorial at seven and a half furlongs, earned a 94 buyer, and actually won that race going away, galloped out about 30 lengths in front. So, uh, like John said, it was like 31. Uh, months between wins for him, but it was a very nice win. And he's a hard-hitting seven-year-old, still holding his form for Neil Drysdale. So congratulations to John Lindley, and it's uh, Ray Morton, right, is yep. his partner. Yep. So good job for those guys. They uh, purchased the horse from Dave Herensberger, their good buddy, and, of course, won that race on July 4th weekend at Santa Anita, the first time Majestic Eagle started for them, and this is his first win since. But, boy, he's paid his way. We were hoping to have him for the mile left. Maybe this year. You yeah. never know. John so. tried hard on that. He All has right. paid his way. That's right. Thank you for that. Recognizing Washington owners, thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. We'll be back next month. And good racing to everybody. Horse Racing Northwest.